0: Well, good morning, I'm so glad that you all are here today. Um, if you haven't yet, uh, if you take the connect card which is in the seat back in front of you, particularly want to call your attention to the opportunity to give us a prayer request. We'd love to be able to be praying for you and so make sure that you sit, uh, put that in the offering bag later in the service. Um, so today is Super Bowl Sunday. It appears we have some Chiefs fans in here. Oh Doug, that's good. Would you like to stand up and model for us, Doug? Thank you, sir (laughs) Oh, I am looking forward to today though I do have a problem because my son-in-law is lives in California and he is a a 49ers fan I tried to get my I tried to get my grandson to wear red today But I couldn't talk Grayson into doing that one of the things I love and appreciate um, About those who are in the spotlight is when they use that for good and so here's a about seven months ago, Patrick Mahomes was speaking, and I wanted you to listen to what he was sharing.
1: Well, first off, my mom and dad both raised me in the, in the church. Uh, just being able to come up uh, through the church, uh, I kind of built a great relationship with God, and uh, I've, t- I've tried to keep that as I've gotten older. And uh, faith is huge for me. Just be able to stay on the right track and be able to live life knowing that I, I can I can be free and, and God will have me and he'll always accept me the, the team provides us uh Bible study every Friday and that will help us kind of keep up and not lose track of where we're at and w- with our faith and then as well as chapel every uh night before the game and that that's huge for me because it kind of Gives me that that uh, last touch, I guess you would say, that last thing that can kind of help me know that I can go out there and, and just play and be myself, and uh, whatever happens, God has me, has my back. Uh, I go to chapel every every Saturday night and uh, just kind of get that message and get the message that, and keep keep up to date with God and everything that he's providing for me and every opportunity that he's given me. And then before every game, I walk I walk the field and I, I just do a prayer at the goalpost. And I just, I thank God kind of for those opportunities. And I thank God for just letting me be able, be on a stage where I can uh, glorify him. And I feel like the biggest thing that I, I pray for is that whatever happens, win or lose, uh, success or failure that, uh, he, that I'm glorifying Him and doing everything the right way that He wants me to. You know,
0: there's a lot of great uh, influencers out there, people who, um, you know, we can listen to, people that we can pay attention to, who can impact and influence our lives. Um, and a lot of us choose to follow people um, for that very reason, because we want to learn some things, we want to be influenced uh, in certain ways. And so many of us follow people on social media. I follow a lot of people on Twitter. I know that ages me just a little bit. Um, but uh, as a pastor, there's some pastors that I enjoy following. Not a lot of pastors because just honestly pastors are a little bit weird. Um, I, there are some leaders that I do follow. Um, a new one recently, Ray Dalio, some guy found a... Um, John Maxwell, because I want to be influenced and learn You know how I can be a better leader to those around me. Of course, I'm a sports nut, and so I follow some people in that regard. The whole barbecue thing, I love grilling, and so I follow Meathead. Not the Meathead from the Archie Bunker show way back in the day. Um, Some technology. But I follow a lot of people, and the reason I do is because I want to learn from them, and I realize and recognize that they influence me in some ways. Now... I know that there's some of you out there that this whole idea of following people on social media is like what what even is that but even for you you have people in your life who've influenced you right people who maybe are heroes from the past or the present that because of either how they live their life or because of some of the choices that they've made but because of what they do you pay attention to them and they have influenced you in good ways um strong ways and even important ways so Who are some of the top people that influence you? So I want you to take a couple moments and turn to the person next to you, or you can write down, if nobody's sitting next to you, who are two or three people in your life who've had a significant influence? So let me give this caveat. We all realize we'll probably say Jesus, right? Okay, so that's a given. So you don't have to share that one. Share somebody else. Who's somebody who's had a profound influence on your life? Take about 30 seconds and tell the person next to you. I like it, some of you had some blank looks, like you had to search your memory brains a little bit to figure out who who that might be. I think the element of influence is is something that we need to think through. I think this whole idea and element of who influences us is significant. In fact, it was the Apostle Paul who said this in 1 Corinthians, he said, don't be misled, bad company corrupts good character. In other words, the people that you are influenced by The people that we look to, I mean, those are people that have the means of being able to influence us for good, but they can also influence us for bad. And so some of the people that I've paid attention to through the years or have followed, there's been periodic times where I've chosen to unfollow those people because the influence that they were having on my life at a particular time wasn't something that I needed. Now, this is not a lesson on social media and who you should and shouldn't follow, all right? What this really is, is an an encouragement to be intentional about the people you allow into your life to influence you. The people you walk after, the people that you pay attention to what they do or to how they live their life. And so to, to be able to stay anchored in who Jesus Christ is and to really look to him every single day, we need people like this in our life who can influence us, who can inspire us, who can... Challenge us, who can encourage us, people who go through the same kind of things we go through temptation or discouragement or defeat, that we see how they react and and respond. And so, what I want to do is to encourage you to let those people be people that come from the pages of Scripture. So, we begin a new series today with the question Who are you following? In other words, who are you allowing into your life? To have significant profound influence and my encouragement is to let those people be people that come from the pages of scripture i mean there's others that we should allow but do you know that god's word is filled with examples and stories of men and women who through the some of the most difficult of circumstances made choices that i think are inspiring to us decisions that we need to pay attention to and we need to be able to follow those kind of choices in our hearts and our lives choices that they made when they were tempted or when they were hurting choices that they made when they were desperate or when they were attacked or choices that they made when they were far from home and even alone and so in this series we're going to look at three different biblical characters all of them from the old testament we're going to look at David a couple of different weeks and what choices he make. We're going to take a look at Joseph, and then we're going to begin with the guy by the name of Daniel. So I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 1. There's Bibles in the seat in front of you there, and the page number is in your notes there. Or if you want to take out your phone or your tablet, if you happen to use the UVersion app, you can go to the events section and search for Wildwood Christian Church, and all of the notes are there as well but daniel chapter one provides for us i think a lesson that there's some here today that really need to to hear that the choice that daniel made some in this room today need to be able to pay attention to now it's important to set up daniel so where we're at in this particular story so god through abraham and then through moses created and then led his people to this place that's called the promised land so they became this great nation under king david and under king solomon they were god's people right god watched over them but at the death of solomon the nation became divided so you have the northern kingdom of israel the southern kingdom that's called judah and though they're divided they share one thing in common and that one thing is that they were always prone to follow after other gods God said, worship me alone. (laughs) They continue to follow after idols. I mean, just throughout the history of God's people. And even in the midst of that, God taught them and God warned them again and again and again through prophets. Look, there's great consequences if you don't obey me. I mean, literally over hundreds of years, God would warn them. And so eventually, the northern nation of Israel had so dishonored God that they finally just were taken off into captivity i mean god had warned them again and again and again so the northern a- nation is off into captivity and so we come to daniel chapter 1 when the southern kingdom is about to be led into captivity so here's daniel chapter 1 beginning in verse 1 daniel writes in the third year of the reign of jehoiakim king of judah nebuchadnezzar king of babylon came to jerusalem and besieged it And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Now the time of this is probably around 605 B.C. If you're a history buff, you may remember the Battle of Carchemish. That's what's happening here. You've got Babylon who's come up, the nation of Egypt who's come through Israel, and they have this massive battle in which Babylon wins, and Babylon is ruling this entire world. It's extending its empire. But in the midst of that, they come down to what is now little bitty old Israel. And in three different waves, they take people off into captivity, and it's this first wave of deportation that we read about here in our story. Daniel, who's writing this, and some of his friends that we're introduced to later on, they would have been a part of this deportation, so they were shackled, made slaves, and they were taken off to captivity, never to see their home again. And so, for Daniel, life as he had known it, literally was obliterated. I mean, he was a young man of maybe 17, 18, 19, or 20. Everything he had known and loved, the family had grown up, the city had grown up, was obliterated. So this was not some kind of a business trip, right? This is not a semester abroad that you're enjoying. This is life as you know it has ended, and you are now a slave in a foreign land. He's ripped out of his home by a conqueror who leveled his own home, and he would never, ever return. So how's he going to respond to that? How would you respond to a circumstance like that? If you were ripped away from your home and it was literally destroyed, if you were taken thousands of miles away to a place in which you didn't speak the language, you had no clue what the culture was like, and you were a slave at that particular place, what would that be like? Now, I remember going off to college thinking it was the greatest thing in the world. I didn't have to do what my parents said anymore, right? I had nobody like that. This is nothing like going off to college. This is life as you know it, has ended. And so the story continues, verse 3 of Daniel 1. Then the king, that's Nebuchadnezzar, ordered Asphanaz, the chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them uh, a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah. So here's Daniel, then Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And the chief official gave them new names. To Daniel he called Belteshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. So Daniel and all of his companions were drafted. This is not the voluntary kind of draft. This is the, you're shackled in canes, you have no choice, and you're being forced into service of the king who has completely destroyed all that you've held dear. Now they were chosen because of their royal status, which I think is a part of their indoctrination because it's like you were royalty, now you get to be a slave to royalty to kind of show them what their status happened to be here and they were not just captives in a foreign land as you read through the story they're being indoctrinated right re-educated reprogrammed they're being brainwashed in the culture of the babylonians and they did that in different ways here so one of the ways they brainwashed them was by changing their names so the names that they had were tied to the god that they loved and served the names that they were given was like complete opposite of that for example um daniel's name means god is my judge he's the one that i look to but his name was changed to Belshazzar, which means baal protects his life in other words baal was one of the foreign gods of the babylonians and it was a way to show them who you were doesn't count anymore everything has changed for you the second thing that happened to them, most commentators think that not only were their names changed, but their gender was changed. They were made to be eunuchs, to say, your past is nothing, your future is nothing, it only matters who you are to us right now. And the third thing that happened to them is that they were taught, it's a simple word to say, and they were brainwashed into culture. What does it say, the language? and the literature of the babylonians and then finally they were given this food look what it says in verse five again says the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table now this sounds pretty nice right it's kind of a life of luxury you get this great food and wine that the king was enjoying it was special to him and he's going to share with you which also was a part i think of this indoctrination because they tried to make the life that they had lived nothing, and now they're trying to make this life significant to them. Though Daniel doesn't really, in our story, seem to object to the other kinds of things, for some reason, Daniel draws a line at the food selection. So look at verse eight there. Um, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission Not to defile himself in this way. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself. So this word resolved, it's it's to make a decision. But it's not just an insignificant decision. It is a decision because something has been placed upon your heart that's so important to you that you've got to make this particular decision. He made up his mind. He was determined. So something caused him to draw the line at the food i don't know maybe he was a little overweight and he wanted to lose some weight And maybe um he was a picky eater right some people are really picky eaters here but if you're going to resolve to not eat certain food if you're going to resolve to do something you better make sure that the reasons you do that you better make sure that they're significant enough to withstand what daniel was going to withstand here because his decision was to, in essence, go against this tyrannical leader who had just destroyed his homeland. In other words, he was risking his own life because he didn't want to eat certain food. And you and I must understand, I'm never going to resolve to do something significant unless I have a real foundation for that, that it means something to me. So what's going on? Why does he resolve to not eat this food? if you look again there you get a little bit of a hint when it says but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and he even asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way so why did he resolve we're not exactly sure but more than likely it had to do with the requirements from the law Leviticus chapter 11 is one of those places in which God said you may eat of certain foods and you may not eat of other foods. In other words, to Daniel, apparently the food that he was going to eat did not conform to what God wanted him to do. In other words, to eat the food was, was in direct contradiction to the law and the command of God. See, Daniel couldn't control the fact that they had captured him. Daniel couldn't control the fact that they wanted to call him a different name. But he could control the fact of what he was going to eat. The food was where he drew the line. He drew the line not out of personal preference. He didn't draw the line because he was lactose intolerant. He drew the line because he wanted to please God in every way in his life. And he knew that God said, don't eat this. Don't do this. And as a result of God's command, Daniel resolved. He drew a line. He says, I'm not going to do that no matter the consequences. Daniel's desire was to please God in everything that he did. And so even though he lived in a foreign land, he said, I'm still under what God wants me to do. So what happens when he makes this resolution? Verse 9. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. So Daniel draws the line, and the guy says, I'm not losing my head just because you don't like the food. So Daniel's got to figure this out. Daniel's got to decide, what am I going to do? But I want you to notice, even as he's drawing the line and says, I'm not going to do this, how respectful he is to this particular guy. Verse 11. It says, Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables, vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young man who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and he tested them for 10 days and at the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables to instead. In other words, Daniel, in a respectable way, says, test it out. And Daniel had full confidence in what was going to happen because his confidence in what wasn't in his choice. His confidence was in God. He made a choice to do things god's way so he was putting his trust in god and he knew that god would come through he had no problem with that fact in in regard to this test so as we try to think in our own lives how how do i help myself to be anchored to christ how do i help myself to on a daily basis look to Jesus Christ, I think there's a couple of important lessons that we can learn as we follow a guy like Daniel. The first lesson is this, that I need to acknowledge that God is trustworthy. I need to acknowledge that God is trustworthy. If you read through the book of Daniel, which I would encourage you to do, one of the things you understand and see that though other leaders think they're making things happen, underneath all of it is God's work for example look at verses 1 and 2 it says in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim king of Judah Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it and the Lord delivered Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand see Nebuchadnezzar thought he's the one that made the decision to go and destroy Jerusalem but Daniel knows and reveals no it was God Nebuchadnezzar thought he was pulling the strings But God's really the one in control. God's guiding and directing. God is the one who's making the difference. And so Daniel lived his life, even though he's in a foreign land, with the clear understanding that God was in control and God is absolutely trustworthy. This is such a shift of perspective for us. From looking only at the things that we can see with our eyes to the things that we really can't see but we know are true, which is that God is always in control no matter the circumstances. But it doesn't always feel that way, does it? I mean, haven't you ever watched the news or looked at some event that's taken place in our world or in our country and think, God, are you really letting this happen? I mean, come on, God, aren't you, aren't you paying attention? Don't you need to wake up and do something about this circumstance in the world? But then what about personal? haven't you ever faced a time in your life where you thought uh god um i think you're looking the other way you're missing out something's happened to me right now and in the midst of our pain in the midst of the struggle that we're facing if we're honest enough with ourselves we may very well say god it's time to wake up i need your help right now god are you asleep do you even care are you powerless are you heartless And in the face of some of the things that we've dealt with in our lives our perspective can be God what is happening the question is is it possible that there's another perspective we should have I love what Eric Raymond said he said instead of interpreting God's character in light of our circumstance we must do the opposite and interpret our circumstance in the light of of God's character so for example a husband and a wife they're going through a really rough spell there's a lot of arguing a lot of disagreeing a lot of those looks at the other person like and I married you for what reason and this couple begins to doubt the word of God and God's character by questioning is my marriage even going to work maybe somebody loses their job and they face a huge financial setback and they've been digging into the savings that they have and that's kind of running down and we begin to suddenly wonder God are you you know paying attention and they become anxious and increasingly um, distressed about that so the question for us is is there another perspective that we can have we need the perspective of Daniel he knew that god was in control that god was trustworthy so he knew that even though he was ripped out of his land and far far away there's another way to look at life and that's really what we're trying to do as a church family to allow the filter of god and his being in control to be a part of everything we do that we focus on him every day and allow him to help us to be able to see that which sometimes we can't even see that he's working in this world in your life and in my life even though we can't see it that's why paul says in romans 8 28 and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose in all things god is working always absolutely is working And he's working to bring his glory in our good. My struggle is, my perception of what is good and God's perception of what is good is sometimes two different things. And so often, what we can see, the pain and the difficulty in front of us, what we can see is blocking our ability to see what God is actually doing behind the scenes. Just because I can't make sense of something. Or just because I can't see what God happens to be doing in a circumstance doesn't mean God isn't working. It just means I'm a human being with very limited perspective that's focused on what I want. And so I take a step back and I put my trust in an unlimited God who is all-wise and eternal, who is working for his glory and my good, and he is completely trustworthy. That's why I love Psalm 145, verse 13 the writer says your kingdom speaking to God is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and he is faithful in all he does he is trustworthy he is faithful and when we operate from a mindset that realizes that God is always in control and that he is always trustworthy it completely changes our attitude and perspective of life so when we can't see we trust that God is working because he always is so we acknowledge that God is trustworthy and the second thing we learn is this that we invite God into the equation through obedience we invite God into the story my obedience to God opens the door for God to use me and to work through me see Daniel had a decision that he had to make and he made it he resolved it was placed upon his heart he made a choice based upon the truth of god's word verse eight again but daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine and so you and i we find ourselves in different environments in which we are pushed in regard to our understanding of god and what is right and wrong in work right in the work environment um, we come at times face to face with some Is this the right thing to do? Is this what God would want me to do? I mean, in college, good grief, that's an environment in which we're significantly influenced, you know, by our peers, right, and the choices they're made, but even by the influencers, teachers and faculty in regard to other things. And so we're placed in these situations, and there's a whole lot of others. Sometimes those situations are good for us because they teach us and they challenge us in regard to Is this something I believe? Is this something that's important to me? They also teach and challenge us that there's some things that I don't have to make a big deal about. Daniel didn't make a big deal about his name here. He always includes his name through the whole book. But it was like, here's the thing that he did draw the lion on. And so when the pressure of whatever environment it is pushes against the will of God, what are we gonna do? What kind of a choice are we gonna make? Will we make a choice to honor God or will we make a choice to honor ourselves? So for Daniel, his decision was solely based upon the truth that he wanted to please God no matter what. I mean, that's a significant kind of a thing in his life. No matter what, I'm going to please God. I need you to understand this. When we choose to resolve to honor God, he enters into our situation. So when I choose to obey God in an area, I choose to honor him, he steps into our situation. Now for Daniel, that meant favor and blessings as you read in this story. For some of us, that may mean we lose. We lose out temporarily, but we recognize that eternally God is always working in our life. God may you know it choose to advance you in a present difficulty because of the choices you make or god may choose to remove you from a circumstance because you make the right kind of choices for him but when we bring god into the equation he will always work and daniel's motivation was to please god in everything he did so where do you need to invite god into your life through your obedience So as we listen to that verse verse 8 but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food what specific thing comes to your mind what specific area comes to your mind that you're thinking that may be an area I need to make this resolution what is a choice that you're being required or forced or compelled to make that goes directly against the will of God now here's something you got to be careful don't make god into your magic genie i can't tell you the number of times that i've heard people say well you know god told me to do this or you know god's leading me to make this choice when it's very clear it's completely against the teaching of scripture and so there's this danger that we somehow manipulate god into being our magic genie to do the what we want to do and then we turn around and we say well it was what god told me to do Jesus got on the religious leaders for that very thing in that day. Mark chapter 7 and verse 9, Jesus said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. He might look at us and say, Doug, you got a fine way of setting aside the commands of God so that you can be comfortable or so that you can make the choice that you really want to make. So the question for us is, what type of commitment or resolution do you need to make? Maybe at work, maybe it's in some relationship that you have, maybe it's a personal decision about how you prioritize your time or how you, you, know, how you spend your money. But if God is trustworthy and if God is in control and working in front of the scenes and behind the scenes, The way we join him is by obedience. So where do you need to obey? See, there's a lot of great influencers in the world. There's people that can help encourage us. But how do we allow somebody like Daniel to influence us in our choices? What sphere of your life feels furthest from home that it's like, this is the most difficult circumstance I could ever be put into? what do you need to put into practice from daniel where do you need to resolve and invite god in through obedience here's here's what i want us to realize that there's a lot of great people that can influence us in a lot of ways that we should be influenced but there are people in the word of god that can inspire us to make choices because that is the inspired word of God. God intentionally put this story in here about Daniel for a lot of different reasons. But for some of you, it's the story that you needed to hear today because there's something you need to resolve. There's a decision that you need to make, a step of obedience that you need to make. And so we need to listen to that inspiration that comes from God